Yes, we are live with the Show Offs podcast yet again. It's Tuesday night, it's nine o'clock, and uh, I don't think I've ever been this excited to host our weekly podcast. And there's two reasons for this. Uh, one is you might notice that there is a, a glaring omission from this week's podcast. We are missing Kev, and uh, he is hoping to join us at some point on the comments. And the reason for this, as everybody knows, Kev has made it through to the Britain's Got Talent semi-finals. And this is his rehearsal tonight. He was meant to be rehearsing at half past six, and it's now nine o'clock, and he's still not even rehearsed yet. So uh, that's a wee bit shit. But he is gutted to not be here because we have some phenomenal guests. So listen, a big welcome to everybody that's joining us tonight. Uh, straight away, we've got a comment in, as always, from DJ Wood. He's saying, hi, Gav, and no, Kev. Yeah, unfortunately, he's not here. And it's great to know that we've got Stephen coming in from uh, Ohio. He's managed to get his audio actually working for a change, which is great. So, uh, listen, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Gavin Oates. This is the Show Offs podcast. The entire show is dedicated to anybody who has ever dared to just put themselves out there, who's dared to show off their skill, their passion, their talent, their energy. Hey, Claire, welcome this week again. Uh, and who's ever just dared to, yeah, just go for it. And we've been promising you uh, some very special guests over the last couple of weeks. And uh, this, uh, oh, a big hello to Lewis there. And of course, Mardi and James from Troon. We've got Mardi from Abbey Moore, Lewis from, uh, from Edinburgh. Do you know, it's great to see people flooding in already. That's amazing. The numbers are jumping. Mark, good to see you. Uh, Mark has, uh, do you know what? I need to pop this up quickly before I tell you more about our guest. Mark has put a comment on here saying, I hope your eyes have recovered. Mark spotted a tweet from me during the week where I was talking about how I had chili on my fingers and I rubbed my eyes. I'd just like to make it very clear. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever done and I don't recommend you do it. Chilies and eyes, it's not really a good combination. So, Folks, we've been promising you some amazing guests, and we have had some amazing guests. We had Lionel from Thundercats on this show a few weeks ago, the actual dude that voices Lionel. Larry Kenny was an absolute treat. We've had Jason Byrne on this show, and of course, we promised you last week that we were going to have Edinburgh Fringe Legends Slaughterhouse Live. Now, I need to tell you a wee bit about Slaughterhouse Live. Slaughterhouse Live... I'm going to say this before I bring them on. They can hear me. I can't hear them, so they can say whatever they want at this point. They're absolute heroes of mine, and I mean actual heroes. And it's not often you get to meet your heroes, but if we go way, way back to the early 2000s at the Edinburgh Fringe, I was working in a venue in Edinburgh called The Caves, and there was a show due to be on called Slaughterhouse Live. Um, and the, the, the strap line was so wrong, it's right. And if you've ever read any of my books, you will know what these guys mean to me. Um, so we reached out to them. And uh, we said, would you come on the show? And I, I'm delighted to tell you that they said yes. And they're here. Well, I say they're here. Two of them are here. There's meant to be the third one. There's three of them, you see. Another one should be here. But what's really funny is he's also been doing stuff for Britain's Got Talent. So this is where it all gets crossed over and interconnected and mightily strange. So you've got Steve from Slaughterhouse Live, who you might have seen on the telly on Saturday, along with Kev. He's also through to the semi-finals. And you've got Kev from Show Off's podcast, who is stuck doing his rehearsal. So we've got lots to talk about. Hopefully Steve will be able to join us. Not sure if Kev's going to be able to join us, but it doesn't matter because we have in the studio, in, in the studio, we're not even in the studio, I'm in my house and they're in their houses. But on the show tonight, up first, we have... Oh, it's not working. There we go. We have Gary and we have Martin on the show. Dudes, we're hey. live. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? Oh, hey, mate. What's he reading? Right. He's, you know what? That, that, this <laughs> is just, oh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, this is great. Gav, I, this is amazing. Do you know, it's, it's better than this shite. Oh, <laughs> my God. I don't know if you've read that. That M, really, it's, in, it's inappropriate. That is that is the wrong consonant, I'm afraid. But this, wow, there we go, we're cooking. So I just, I would like to just it, make, Well, Well, firstly, can I, before I even say hello and welcome, and can I just say, I did not ask Gary to hold those books up. They're, they're my books. Um, and I noticed you were, I noticed you were reading the one for kids first there. And actually, <laughs> exactly. 
See, with shine, I actually thought it would be brilliant if we had called it shite and the N was pushing the T out of shite oh, just as a... That would have been yeah. genius. Yeah, I, I know. know. But yeah. The problem was, I thought of that after they were printed. So uh, uh, it doesn't really, doesn't because really we're work from Because we're from Manchester, we call it shine. You know, <laughs> I have to do my hair like that. Okay. Anyway, I love it. Honestly, but we haven't got the book in which you yeah. give us the most remarkable uh, review. Which it, well, I've got the book, but it's on the e-reader, the one uh, that you. Um, oh, life, life will see you now. The other one. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. That's oh. just like well, I, I listen, go, that's we, my go-to place. That's my that's my safe space when I need some like reassurance about my self-worth. And, <laughs> and, and, and when you're facing the, the stark, cold emptiness of a of oh. a meaningless cosmos, oh. I go to that oh. book. Who's here? Oh. Hang on, There's Steve. Steve! Gav, how are we? <laughs> yeah, great, great choice. I, I think of, of all the times to do a podcast, um, five minutes before bedtime on the day before they go back to school after six months off, it's probably the most <laughs> ideal time to plan this, wasn't well, it? You, you, well, you, you, you've got to remember in Scotland, our kids went back two and a half That's weeks right, ago. Do you, yeah. do, but do you know why? Because they're hard you got no, you've got a lot of catching up to do. That's the problem. You're yeah. Well, well <laughs> some 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 would say, but I think with uh, based on what's actually going on in the UK right now on all levels, I think England have a lot more catching up to do than Scotland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Uh, Gary, how old Scarlett now? She's eight, so she's going back on uh, on uh, Thursday. Are you in her bed right now? <laughs> Are you broadcasting from her bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> she's going to yeah. hear everything. I've asked everyone else, Gav, Gaz, Martin, do you know where her sports socks are? <laughs> For tomorrow? No, uh, but... Yeah, no one else in the house knows where her school sports socks are. She'll ask one of them at the beginning in March. So do, your kids go, do your kids go to a school where they have to wear different socks for sport? It's a very yeah. posh school. And it's they're not very, allowed very to wear um, marking soles for your for your footwear. Well, it's nobody should be wearing soul. a marking sole in a gym hall, Martin. That's against well, the law. Yeah, you know, it is against the law. But we did buy some from my daughter today that said uh, not marking, but the sole is Ruby. How old's Ruby? Is she? She's eleven. Eleven. Oh, so she's going to high school. Is she going to high school well, for the first time? Sorry, she's she's ten. She's eleven next time round. Yeah. Yeah, next oh. time she goes to uh, high school. So, oh, wow. So, anyway, sorry, yeah, this is like... Is this interesting, interesting though? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking maybe another time we could all catch up and discuss our children's <laughs> ages. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. we have no when we came to Edinburgh. I was Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, first up, I just want to say a massive big welcome to, to the three of you. Slaughterhouse Live on the Show Offs podcast, yeah. a podcast dedicated to anybody who's ever dared to put themselves out there, be silly, show off. And I have to say, you three have beyond dared to put yourself out there and show yeah. off. I don't know about showing silly. off, though. Showing off, it was a dignity. We had none. Yeah, so exactly. Was, you know. I'm actually quite disappointed tonight. I thought I was going to be sharing the uh, the podcast with with this fella. I'm absolutely gutted that I've got to. I've been jenning up on that. <laughs> look, it's just these ne'er do wells, and this one. Oh, I'm not even going to talk about Steve. Crikey. <laughs> So for those, I, those I the, the real the real star of BGT, Kev Quantum. See, I've done me, I've done my research. Bloody you you have you. you have, and for those of you that are downloading the podcast in weeks to come, uh, Gary's making visual gags uh, using, uh, <laughs> using books with people's names on them. So you you so there was one with Kev's surname on it, uh, but you know all the hundreds of people listening to Apple and Spotify and all the usual platforms. You'll just need to keep up with the crazy guys at our slaughterhouse life. I'm just naked from the waist down. Dude, oh, as that's always. the only way this show should be. Nobody I, should be allowed to wear clothes from the waist down. I teach radio production as well. That's my job. And I, 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 with, I had scant regard for any of the visual requirements or cues. That, you know, so so apologies. You, I love how the fact that you use the phrase scant regard and Martin's got no regard for scants. So, <laughs> it, Unless it's timber, I like a bit of scant, scant timber no, from the builders. Timber, know. timber scants. Mm. This has got really yeah. random, and it's the way I was hoping it would go. Lads, <laughs> listen, a big welcome to the Show Offs podcast. Um, I'm going to ask. Tell me, right? 
there's a lot of people going to be listening to this either live just now or, like I say, on the download over the next few days and weeks who have never heard of Slaughterhouse Live. They should have. You guys don't do as much as you used to. You're all very successful in your own right. But I I got to know you guys first and foremost through your time in, in Slaughterhouse Live. How would you sum up Slaughterhouse Live? Uh, and let me just check what time are we at. Right, you've got 50 minutes to sum up Slaughterhouse Live. <laughs> <laughs> 50 minutes. Wrong. Yes, very wrong. <laughs> we always well, said it was... Uh, oh, go, go on, Martin. Sorry. My philosophy, my philosophy is if it gets a laugh, do it. If it's funny, do it. Well, can no, I can I say worry. there was that first year I met you, right? There's there's yeah. probably shit in that show that we can't even discuss anymore. However, exactly. there was there was also stuff that you were telling me all those years ago that were was maybe going to be in the show that we absolutely <laughs> cannot talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. It involved the Big Brother house, didn't it? Oh, I, oh yeah. Oh, well, yeah. actually, that went on. That video did actually appear on the internet at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll move yeah, on. We'll move on quickly. It's still there. It's still there. It's just only available to uh, to my family. I've just made it. <laughs> People can log in. Put it this way: if if we were if we were more successful, if we'd been more successful, there'd be a lot of TV executives deleting a lot of hard drives off a lot of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Download yeah. sites from yeah, some, you, of the, some of the ideas we had. We, I held my hand up and say they were definitely wrong. Well, they weren't at the time. I mean, I, I always thought that the show was kind of like uh, it was equidistant between Kafka and Viz. Is is what we uh, well, we all agreed that was the wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, at the time, you know, because it was we we started our show in, in uh, two thousand and one. And that was like cresting that wave of like, uh, there was the League of Gentlemen, there was uh, Little Britain, there was Nighty Night. There was a real wave of dark comedy, wasn't there, back in the early noughties. So, and I think a lot of people had thought a lot of the uh, the big battles had been won, you know, about sexism, racism, all that. There was a kind of feeling like, you know, there was real positivity. that the, Obviously, the big battles hadn't been won. That was just complete privilege. But we thought, right, so we could take the mickey out of loads of different stuff that you simply can't do now because we realised that's actually... Yeah? No, I was going to say also that it's that fine line between when you're doing character comedy, whether it's the character is, who's offensive or is it whether it's you who's being offensive, creating that character to be offensive. Do you, do you understand what I mean? So <laughs> we, kind of, we, we, we used to, yeah, well, it's, it's used by so many people, isn't it? The Alf Garnett, you know, argument, you know, he said some wrong things, but it was the character that was wrong, and we're all laughing at the character. Uh, yeah. And I think that was probably the basis of a lot of them. We never intentionally, without a doubt, never intentionally designed to offend anyone. And no. I don't, I don't recall. I, well, I, I don't I, think I, I, I remember the later live. There was one particular later live where Gary, who ironically is a massive vegan now, yeah, massive vegan, yeah. right? Yeah, but, very massive. Uh, used to wave his meat in people's face. I mean, he still does that. But it's... <laughs> Gav, Gav remembers a festated head at the Sulo bin. Well, well, the well, bottom of the road I, this, this I don't is think he can get the smell out of his nostrils. The first, the first, I mean, I, I, the first time we arrived at, at, in the Edinburgh Festival, 2003, Caves, it was a uh, gilded balloon. Gav was front of, front of house manager, was that right, yeah, Gav? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And we, we rolled up and then we uh, I was doing a, an act called The Dancing Giblets, a character called Ronnie Buttons, had a meat puppetry show. Uh, I'm vegan now and I find the whole thing kind of like perplexing. But there you go. I, I, that was me, you know. But, the um, best thing of, of, of getting there was to find out where the local butchers was. A supply I know, yeah. of meat. Anderson, so can I, Anderson, you, Anderson you, turned up, you turned up, well, firstly, right, you turned up on day one and you had, firstly, a toilet, right? You oh, had, yeah. That, that was the first three. thing I saw. We had three toilets. Uh, yeah, 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 but you did have three toilets, but I saw Gary with one toilet, and one of the first questions was, where's the local butcher? And I had no idea what, <laughs> what, why, why, and then you were telling me that you were doing a meat puppetry show. So again, I just want to repeat that, meat puppetry show, yeah. um, and uh, you, you did a thing called the Dancing Giblets, and then, yeah. mate, a, a, about two hours later, you arrived back, right? But not only did you have a cool box with giblets and things in it, you had a pig's head. Yeah, yeah. It an, was actual, an actual pig's head. And then every few days, you had to go and get a new pig's head. 
Yeah, I remember that that the, the night. Well, we, well, the the problem was as well that we wanted to store it somewhere. And bless, was it was she called Julie? I don't know if we can name names. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. Oh, 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 Vicky, no, it's Vicky. It's Vicky. Vicky was was uh, working at the bar, and she said you can store <laughs> the, uh, the the trotters, and there was an eyeball necklace, and we did the thing called uh, the. There you go. I think. Oh, that, oh, there we go. Fantastic. We did. We did. A, this, we did loads of loads higher of higher and lower was a good game. Higher oh, yeah, or lower. Origin of pieces. Origin of pieces. Where it was yeah. higher or lower on the animal. But no, we had a better bulls willy, didn't we? And then there was a lamb, <laughs> lamb's testicles, and if and speak, speak for yourself, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I find this now completely ideologically unsound, but at the time, but the thing is, but Vicky put it said put the giblets into the fridge where they uh, kept all the like the strawberry hooch and all that for the punters. <laughs> and um, but for some reason, I don't know, it was a malfunction or she pressed the wrong button. It went into heat mode. I think that's right. Yeah, and, did, and yeah. did he start to cook it instead of actually? Yeah, I think, I think it's called an oven, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I just, remember, I just remember the smell that particular day when we went back, and it was it had pitted through the whole of the caves. I mean, the caves smell of a dampness anyway, but yeah, how the the it was in the bin, rotten the flesh bin the, across the road. The, oh, people, were, people were walking past the venue, going, "What? The, what was? I reckon we could have probably sold a lot more tickets if we a lot of people turned away at the door because of the stench." He still doesn't paint a picture of what he actually did with it, which was very funny. It was think, funny, but the, the thing was, thing we only ever, we only ever did the dancing giblets in uh, in the, that first year. We we did seven runs in Edinburgh. Seven and a half, yeah. really, and yeah, uh, yeah. but we only, and we only ever did it that first run. The, the next time we we didn't do it. Although we did one gig in uh, the second run, which was at late and live, when we had a monumental barracking and got so uh, well. St somebody stood up. Oh, this is the best heckle I've ever had. Anyway, I was in the middle of the dancing giblets, and and someone stood up and said, "For the love of God, fuck off." <laughs> And if we can yeah. say that, can we say that word on the podcast? I don't know, but that's yeah, of course you can. Just pushing the yeah, boundaries, I love it. But the thing is, you guys. So when you guys turned up that first year, was that? Um, let me think. Was it two thousand and two, two thousand no two thousand three? Two thousand yeah, two thousand three. First, and, and, and I just remember, oh, I was... I, like I was so obsessed with the likes of Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer, and you know the stuff that was different. A lot of those really crazy characters. Yeah. Tell, t talk, talk our listeners through and the viewers tonight, you know, some some of the characters. I mean, you had people like Ian Crazy and the talking wheat sheaf. Um, and then, oh, do you know, and, and for those of you that are watching live, he's actually got the wheat sheaf. Gary, um, if you... I can't remember it. I can't remember what, he's, what it was. I, I just remember saying, should we sing the song? What, you think we should kill everybody in the room? <laughs> no, I think we should just sing the song. All right, All right. I'll get my knife. I'll get that's my what, knife. That's my favourite line, I think, of anything we've ever done. Is I that, think, All right, I'll get my knife. All right, I think All I right. Would, I'll get my knife. I think I would agree with you, Steve. I think, I mean, you guys know how much uh, I, love, I love all your shows and all your characters, and I have never laughed more. A, a show than I did, and I, and that first run, I mean, I sat in the audience every single day, uh, and and watched you guys. But Ian Crazy and the Talking Wheat Sheaf, when that line got delivered, that was me every day, just gone. Oh, and and what's what? But what's so fantastic is years later, when my son Kean was born, <laughs> Gary kept Gary kept referring to him as Kean Crazy, uh, and he actually, <laughs> but he actually gifted Kean. A wheat sheaf. It's true testament to any act. And I, I have seen I've seen Ian Crazy so many times. That it, I mean, I don't know how many times we did that Edinburgh run. It must have been nearly 30 times just that in that one run. Yeah. But I've never ever failed to laugh out loud at the act. And that's just, that's ridiculous when you're working with someone and you see it so many times. And I think the same can be said for Dave Media as well. I, I've seen Dave yeah. Media as well again. Again, Gary's creations. I don't laugh at out anyone else's. It's just Gary. Oh, oh, Ultra respect yeah. for Gary. <laughs> I, think, I, I think the, uh, the, 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 the genius 
piece was great in mind because it had zero writing, but it was yeah. guaranteed the biggest laugh of the night. So Always. Martin, you played Graham Mind. Go, go, go and tell everybody that's that's watching a little bit about Graham Mind. What was the kind of uh, the well, idea? Graham, behind Graham's that? a psychic, basically. He's a mind-bending mentor. He's, he is amazing. He gets into everybody's head, and he will deliver on the night. Um, he has, a, but basically, what is it, like a two to three minute build-up of War of the Worlds while he gets into the zone, and he plays the crowd. He surfs the crowd, grabbing information just visually not saying anything snatching it from the heads and inserting it into his until eventually he's ready to deliver on the stage to a solo spot silence as the as the music just fades away to deliver with the not getting anything <laughs> he walks off yeah love it That's love it, it. Really and the number of times I've been so frustrated when we, we've done we've done gigs and worked sweated our backsides off for an hour, an hour and a half, maybe two hours of material. And Martin doing that has stolen, I would say, 95% of Slaughterhouse Live gigs afterwards when people say, What's your favorite character or favorite moment? Always cite my Martin doing Graham Mind. And you just go. Oh, all that effort. <laughs> That's why it's genius. That's why I the lads will tell you, I'm shit with lines. I'm shit with lines. I'm crap at intaking it. I have to, everything's virtually an ad lib element. So if, if I was given lines, I'd ruin it. I would ruin but, it. So but Martin, it Martin, me. Martin's other skill, and Gavin, I think you must be able to appreciate this. And so I know Gary certainly does. He has a, he has a, a, a head that is perfect to manipulate into any kind of character you want. He's got this ability. Whereas me and Gary, like, we can put a wig on our false teeth and we look like Gary and Steve with a wig on and false teeth. Whereas Martin has this ability to transform himself into yeah. the most ridiculous characters, a visually <laughs> hilarious characters. Yeah. Just because, I don't know if it's the size of the head. I mean, I've got it's a tiny a head. Right? I don't know what it is about it, but my, we, bring it, if you were, if we were all to dress up, I, I said, right, you've all got to dress tomorrow as one of the Bee Gees. We'd look quite amusing. Martin would look hilarious. And it, I don't know why. I don't know why. The shit detail. The it's, just, it's your fat, stocky build and the cranium. That's it. It is the cranium. <laughs> the cranium so on. is massive. We've shared Still beds, is. we've shared accommodations, we've shared meals, but I've never shared hats with Martin <laughs> <laughs> Do you know one of my, my favourite characters in the show? Is though I, I think is well, I don't know if you've seen this one, Gav. I don't. I, I don't know if we did. We do it in Edinburgh. It's uh, Tommy Kittens, the Britain's yeah. cleanest comedian. Yeah, yeah. Clean, I saw Tommy Kittens. Comedian. Yeah. Have, we, have, we, have we done that in Edinburgh? I can't remember. Did you, did, did you not do Tommy Kittens? Remember you? Oh yes. Remember you did three. Yeah, you did three when, nights for the Colour Ham, remember? Yeah, when we stepped oh, in for the Colour Ham for those three nights, that, that would be Tommy Kittens. It, that would have been Tommy Kittens that year. Tommy I'll tell you Kittens. the story. Yep. I'll tell you, to tell you Tommy Kittens, I'll tell you the full story. Because there was a guy called Dougie Chapman who was a big impresario in Blackpool. And I used to, I was I still doing work in BBC Radio Lancashire. And he used to send me leaflets about his upcoming shows all the time. So he'd have a variety show, an old-time musical show, and he once sent me a leaflet. And on this leaflet, I had a list of people like Bernie Clifton, the hilarious Bernie Clifton and his ostrich, and the, the lovely Beryl Reed and a, Beryl and, a, and a fabulous singing voice. And then at the bottom, he had this black-and-white picture of a guy called something like Bobby King. Bobby King. And then he just had a tag, tag Britain's cleanest comedian. <laughs> and, and, I looked at this and I thought, that's the vaguest, strangest thing to say. Because you're either clean or you're not. Do you know what I mean? You're not the cleanest. Yeah. How, how, how do you become the cleanest? It's, 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 it's not the key criteria when you're looking for a night out. No, oh, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I saw the other guy. He didn't swear much, but he wasn't really clean. This guy's proper clean. So I had the idea. Really and, and then for, for years, I think for two or three years, I used to joke about this guy to you, Gary. I used to often say, I've seen this guy, he's how brilliant. I like the idea that he's got a catchphrase that is, what won't I say? And all the audience shout back, fuck yourself. 
or whatever. <laughs> and, then, and then his catchphrase comes from, ooh, not from my lips. I'm Britain's kid. So then that's how, it, that's how I developed the idea of the character who basically got the audience to do all the swearing so he maintained the title of being clean himself. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's the whole premise of it. Uh, and so you, you flash up on the back on the screen on PowerPoint the most mm -hmm. extraordinarily blue punchlines in big, yeah. bold, you know, Garamond type. And yeah. then the, and the audience read them out. I just think it's great. Yeah, and it, and it means, it, and it's lovely to see a mixed crowd bellowing the word ring piece. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, wank, uh, shaft. wank shaft. Piss you know. laps. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we could go on. We could go on. I love the fact that I can just sit here in silence uh, on, on my own show and you guys are shouting piss flaps and, and <laughs> uh, brilliant. I mean, I, this is this is what this is what we, this is this is why we do the show. It's very difficult yeah, you, to write that though. It's very difficult to write that that bit because you've got to find a joke that has yeah. got a very short sweary punchline. Pretty difficult. You know, it's hard to find something that's totally clean, other than like you said, a punchline. The other yeah. punchline is the only bit of filth in the joke. It's, yeah, it is hard. That you're right there. So we've got um, we've got a comment here from uh, on the on the comment section here from uh, Stephen, uh, who's in Ohio, and he's saying, "Do they speak English in Manchester?" I thought Gav had a thick accent. So, <laughs> oh Steve, no! I, I like Steve's surname. To be fair, he could be part of Tommy Kidd's act. Um, so, but you guys, you guys had like loads and loads of other characters. I mean, Martin, you you had the world's smallest man. Um, you guys, yeah. uh, you, you did hot. There was hot beef and salad, who I loved, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you had the what was the oh, what were they called? The guys from Chad. Oh, the oh, long, faces. long faces. Oh, long faces. Yeah, yeah. I used to love doing them. I used to love. It was oh, to describe that. It was basically long. Yeah, like the kind of masks you get on a you know as an ornamental on your wall from Bar. I think they're actually, actually from Bali, but we like yeah. the idea. We just put them on once. I can't even remember how we created it. I remember Martin making, making the masks, and then it was just all musical. It was all just movement to music, but it was just it was, it was, it was it crazy, wasn't it? That was one of our most wild and wackiest, yeah. you might call. That that for me, yeah. that for me was the that was the sort of Vic and Bob moment. Yeah, uh, yeah, was, absolutely, absolutely. That was yeah, yeah, very, very in in keeping with them. And and I remember that first day that I ever sat and watched you guys and. When you, I mean, I was loving the show, and you got to that bit, and I was like, "Wow, that's like, <laughs> that's like right out there." And I, and I remember, but I remember yeah. because of my job at the time, I, I was kind of, I was, I wasn't quite sitting in the audience. I was off to the side and kind of nipping in and out. And I just remember watching the faces of other people as you were doing the long faces <laughs> from Chad. And it got to the point where I thought, "This is the moment I'm going to come in every single day." Just to watch other people's uh, responses, because because well just, just to be but it was it was fucking weird but it, but it was so so funny and actually um you one of you guys mentioned there that Martin had made the the masks Martin you used to make some amazing stuff yeah, for the show yeah. but just oh, for, but but for the for the sake of our viewers and our listeners there's been an amazing connection that we've discovered this week. Uh, with my co-host Kev, who, as I've for those of you that have joined us a wee bit late, um, you know, Kev unfortunately is caught in his Britain's Got Talent uh, rehearsal tonight. Steve, that's no excuse. That's, that. no, that's no excuse. And those of you that saw the show will know that Steve is also in the in the live shows. Uh, well, they're not live, are they? But then the semi-finals. Sorry, um, but um, Martin, it turns out you built Kev's set for his semi-final performance. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and totally unbeknown. I, I should have recognised him. I'm thinking, where do I know you from? And he came to our workshop for a fitting because we got the contract, not contract, but for, for certain uh, elements of the show, we, we've been making and designing to help out some of the performers um, as subcontractors to the show. And Kevin came down and he came down for a fitting for us to make um, his, his next bit of equipment. And... I hadn't even clocked it that it was in, but I'm thinking, I know you from somewhere. But I never had a chat with him. There was three or four of us all flitting around and just doing. And then once he's had his fitting, he goes, and we make it. And then it's only this last week in talking. Oh, God, I know who he is. I can't believe it. You know, that's I cradled a, his a, head the other day. 
That was it. <laughs> <laughs> a, a social distance. The thing is, you, you, you I mean, we shared a, a a billing that year at uh, Edinburgh. I mean, you guys only yeah. did was it three, was it three nights? I think well, there were three That's nights right, that we, we couldn't do. Yeah, yeah. And, and Daryl, that was running the venue that year, he was like, how am I going to find somebody for those three nights? And I was like, I know just the guys. I know just yeah. the guys. Um, and then, of course, but there's this this other connection, of course, with, with you, Steve. Just turns out you and Kev are, are both in Britain's Got Talent in the same year. And it's just it just feels like in this last few days, Colour Ham, Slaughterhouse Live, the yeah, ball right. just weirdly come back come back to get it all for, back for, together for let's not talk about it in past tense it's a beautiful thing as well like martin you're you're the double agent then aren't you you're kind of like yeah you're, you're our mole on the inside as you are my best man at my wedding i am certainly hoping that you've not you've nobbled him he's acting some way i mean please I, tell I, me i wasn't your best tell man me, tell me. my oh, best man oh yeah i was yeah well listen <laughs> yeah, you go back a long way I can't, I can't believe you're working for the opposition. <laughs> Listen, it's all been dealt with. It's all right. Kev's not getting anywhere. Kev's not getting anywhere. I, I was watching, obviously, I, from uh, from when it was aired back back in April. I was watching all. I watched all the Britain's Got Talent shows, and when he came on, I'm going, I know that face. I know. Yeah. And then it was, I think it was you, Gavin, told me and said, that, "Oh, my mate, um, my mate Kev's in this." And I'm going, "Ah, that's how I know the, from the colour of ham." And funny enough, I spoke to him yesterday because with the film in the semi-finals this week, and I did my semi-final. I, I filmed it last Friday, and I know Kev's filming his this week. So I, I tried to give him as much, you know, tried to um, give him as much uh, help as I possibly could, you know, because it's a, it's a very strange situation at the moment with not having an audience and having a big wall. A bit, you'll see it on Saturday night when the first episode goes out. It's a big screen you're performing to, really, and, a few, and then the four judges at the table. So I'm hoping I've given him some good advice. Not too much, obviously. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not an idiot. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve, well, for I, the... For the for the shows, then the big screen that you're performing to is that yeah. your virtual audience? Is that your family and friends? Is that how it's it, working? It, it's all the acts, families and friends, plus another three hundred something, three hundred sixty, I think it is, um, invited on it. Lucky people, basically, they're the who've applied for tickets in the same way that you apply for any TV show. It's it's massive. This all I can say is you can't pick out a single face. So if you and this is what I was explaining to Kevin the other day, if you wanted to use that in terms of the lady there, or you know, if you wanted to oh, involve yeah, okay. it, it would yeah. be very very tricky because it's 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 basically five hundred television sets all piled up on top of each other. Yeah, okay. Because we, are, I think we are, we had to sign a form. We are, we are part of my wife and I, and the kids are part of Kev's. Ah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> virtual audience, so we'll we'll be on that screen. But uh, yeah. now that I know you're not going to see me, there's no point in watching it. It sounds shit. Well, don't, don't, <laughs> I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry about you know making an effort like my wife yeah. and the girl. I got three teenage daughters. They spent like three hours getting made up, and they <laughs> couldn't spot them at all on the screen. Uh, they couldn't log in anyway. My mum got. I know it's so difficult to log in. My mum, my mum ended up watching it with her pajamas. She got she, full, she was fully dressed at the beginning of the show. By the time it had finished, she was in her pajamas. The great I thing about, about Britain's Got Talent is actually that program is pretty much our show, Slaughterhouse Live. It's a it's a variety show. If Pat Stevens and his musical eyes went on and <laughs> got talent, then I wouldn't be surprised at all. You know, all Gary, Graham, Graham Mike could be on there, Tommy Kittens, the whole lot, Dave Media. You know. I, when I was there, obviously they only show a select number of, of acts in the on the actual programme. But when you go for the auditions, they do two shows, one in the afternoon and one in the evening. And Gary, you say that, and I, I all the way through, I was spotting various p potential slaughterhouse characters <laughs> because uh, there's some amazing people who do some just ridiculous things on that stage with the hope of being found out. Or <laughs> and some of the cocks, knockers and cocks are good. Knockers and cocks are good down very well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that'll be good. Just the Brit. Yeah. I think uh, I still think you should do a version of hot beef and salad, and oh, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would just, yeah. Convince people we're from Uruguay. But I genuinely yeah. think it's the kind of thing that Simon Cow will be like, yeah, this is this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. This is what yeah, the world yeah, needs. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. sat on telly the other night there looking at that dinosaur playing a keyboard, which was pure shite. And he was like, oh, it's, this is this is what the world needs. I'll tell you what the world needs. It, has, it needs a Hungarian pop duo called Hot Beef and Salad <laughs> who hold up kiwis and tomato, kiwi, tomato, 
you just know that for for <laughs> months nana. afterwards, people will be holding up kiwis and tomatoes and bananas yes. every, and just singing along to, won't they? Without a doubt. Every year, every year, there's like a really terrible song, but it's actually a really catchy song. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That takes off, and yeah. you know that Simon Kill sitting there going, "Aight, Christmas number one, genius." Yeah, yeah. Hot beef Listen, and salad got, number one at Christmas. How good would that? And be? You, could, you, could, you could have Christmas fruits as well. You could do oh, that. Yeah. That's amazing. We've got a, we've got um Stephen from Ohio's jumping in. My wee question here: He's keen to know where is the best place to catch recorded material for Slaughterhouse Live. Now we we were That's talking at the start. We we were talking at the start about how there was some stuff that no one will ever see that uh, in the light of day again. However, we actually set the audience some homework last week, oh. and the homework was to watch the Truth Prism uh, oh, uh, wow. video. Because I, obviously, as a huge fan, have often shared that video with people, and we felt that, you know, Kev's seen you guys before, not not as much as myself, but Kev has seen you guys do your thing, and we felt that it was, obviously, they, they can't come to you guys live, but um, that was a good thing to try and, I guess, just capture the silliness, the cleverness, yeah. but the silliness of what it is that you guys do. So um, for Stephen over in Ohio and, and anyone else that's listening throughout the next few weeks on Spotify, Apple, and all the usual platforms, where where can people go to see some stuff of you guys? Yeah, well, we've got a, a YouTube channel. So if you go to Slaughterhouse Live uh, on YouTube, Slaughterhouse Live, all one word, that should take you to uh, to a, a, a treasure, an Aladdin's cave of uh, of videos of, um, of, of varying quality. Uh, some of them... Um, but it made more sense to what we've been talking about because nobody's actually seen us. No one knows what we're talking so about. Yeah. They want to know about the characters and what they do and what they are. So but the, majo the, ma the majority of the, the stuff that we've got on, <laughs> on video, on, on YouTube, though, it isn't the characters that we do in the show. They were things that supplemented our, our live show because we, sometimes we need to get changed <laughs> backstage. So we'd play a – we did a video called Truth Prism about a bloke who thought his arm was – were longer than they were, and there was another guy that thought his arms were shorter than they were, and they met. And then there was the other one about a little, uh, a, a kind of a parody of Little Angels. Remember that program about kids and how to make your unruly yeah. kid? So we called little, little bastards. Little bastards, and yeah. and and we, and, um, and we did uh, just loads of them. We did. Uh, we should the say. I was going to say we should say about Truth Prism. The, there was a huge gap between the beginning and the end of that film. So if people have watched The Truth Prison, we, the, the, the initial idea, if you remember, Gary, we, when we filmed it, we the idea was we'd film, show them a clip, show the audience a clip of the guy who thought his arms were too long or longer than the actual were. Then they showed the clip of the guy who thought his arms were shorter. And then the next bit used to be live on stage where we finally meet and we just simply walk on stage and shake hands for the first time with anyone because our hands, it, you yeah. know, for the first time ever, they managed to find some. And that was the end of the gag. And then it was about two years later that we thought we need to actually do a conclusion to this video. And it was about two years later that we finally filmed the scenes where they go on a date together. Is that all on the channel to see as well? Yeah, but no one, no one would ever detect that. No one would ever know no, that no. it was like two years later. It was a beautiful yeah. bit of uh, editing. Paralactical appendage disorder. Oh, well remembered. Well remembered. Yeah. Listen, actually, it turns out that Stephen over in Ohio actually oh, did, his, he, he, he did his homework. He watched it. Oh, Thank great. you, Stephen. Thank oh, you. Oh, bless you, mate. Thank you, Steve. Did he watch the Fleetwood um, Twatter? Oh, yeah. Fleetwood Twatter is confusing. That is yeah, yeah, that was right. that was one of the most that was one of the funniest moments of my life. The Fleetwood Twatter is about a boxer from a seaside resort in the north of England called Fleetwood. And basically he'd retired, and then his old nemesis, the Pink Pounder, tracks him down for a rematch. And the the Pink Pounder was a uh, reckoned he was a victim of the of homophobic refereeing of the time. That's that's the premise yeah. of it, wasn't it, Gary? Yeah. And, exactly. and so that out there as well. That's out there. It, it, yeah, that's out there. Yeah, I was going to say that one of the funniest moments of my entire life was stood. It was a freezing cold day. Stood up to my waist in the sea in Fleetwood, punching the sea. Literally just punching the sea and pretending to catch fish as a result of – like instead of using <laughs> a rod, instead of using a net – yeah. He punched the fish, and then, but, but what we did, you remember, Gary? We bought loads of fish, put them in a net, yeah. 
And then I had to literally punch the sea, go under and grab a fish, pick it up and then throw it onto the beach. And I think we, there was what we did so many takes and then eventually we did one where I caught, where I managed to grab enough fish. I think it was about five or six fish. We took one of each of we finally got the, got the take that we needed. And that had the take as well. There's another one, a picture of you as the Fleetwood twatted walking along the prom at Fleetwood. And you're just walking along with your with your hole with your with your fish in a net on your back, <laughs> yeah. and then and then and there's a seagull that just sort of like comes into view, just hovers back next to you, <laughs> and then absent-mindedly, just you don't even look at it, you just, just throw your arm out and punch it. And you, and the, the best thing is, yeah. it took ages to film that. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely ridiculous! Yeah. There's no lock off. It's you're walking amongst the general public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you're is, right. which is great because one thing that we never really did up in Edinburgh Gav, was. Um, to the openings of our shows that we often did uh, back home and we had the time where it was a full slaughterhouse production we always had a video that showed our journey to get into stage and we would spend a couple of days doing these videos and i don't know whether they're up there because uh, gary's always our well, man to go to regards to posting but some well, of the, the I've not got all of. I've not got all of them. I've got some of them. I was going to say the funny thing about that was this year Britain's Got Talent when they went to the Lowry Theatre. The first time we ever did that was at the Lowry Theatre, and yep. there was one one of the year at the Lowry Theatre, and we rode to the venue. And then this year, just by fluke, unless they were at one of our gigs years ago, Simon Cowell and David Williams, etc. But yep. they chose to do. They chose to do exactly the same. And they got in a boat and they they basically sailed to the venue. And I, I, as no. they were doing it, I'm going, I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's right. That was, it was a that journey. Was... It was a journey to stage all the characters that were within the Slaughterhouse Live. And it was like, while the audience sat themselves down and when you wait for the late comers to come in, it would be a 15 to 20 minute video that people were watching of our journey on our way to go and entertain them. And that one that Steve's on about, we had Ronnie Buttons, uh, Butcher Comper, which is Gary. And um, he would start it off jumping into a boat on the canal, starts rowing, yeah. and yeah. then meeting up with the rest of us in our different positions. I was on a bridge as if I was about to commit suicide and throw a brick over, tried to melt scrotum, as you do. Is that your son in the background listening to what <laughs> you're saying? Lad, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen a kid looking so proud of his father. <laughs> yeah, when you talk about tying a brick to your scrotum, I had he, a brick. He, that, he I gave me the master. idea. The funniest one about I, I had him shortly after that. So uh, maybe the I was funniest bit about that. <laughs> I don't think Martin and Gary remember this, but the funniest bit about filming that one, where we where we were rowing, it was filmed near my house, literally where I'm sat now. It was filmed about half a mile on the canal here, and we we started filming. We Martin had sourced a, a boat to go in the canal. And the idea is, like you said, we'd Gary would get the boat out, get in the boat and roll down the canal. So we filmed the all this. Yeah, so we filmed him coming out of a building, locking it up with all his meat in his hand. He walked, strolled down to the canal. He got his boat, got the oars, climbed into the boat. And then we're all filming it. And it was at this point that Gary just, because he started just drifting and going like randomly with the oars. And we get Gary. You got to you got to roll down this way. We need to. He went. I don't know how to roll. And we went, what? Despite and that was it. Was that the moment? You, you, that was the, the moment you chose to confess that you've never rowed a boat yeah. before. Gary, Gary yeah. Morris can't row. That should be my name. And the journey was from him. He went on to somebody else, and it, it, you had uh, Wilkie at the time was fishing, wasn't he? And he like, likes to look as fish, and he jumps in the boat, tempted in by Ronnie Buttons and his sausages, waving him at the, the odd fisherman, who was oh, also yeah. in his underpants. We all, we all dived in the canal. We all just dived into a canal. We risked our lives to comedy. Yeah. We risked our lives Will was doing a few lengths up and down the canal, and Ronnie happened to be going past, and, and Wilkie bitted him in, then Steve's <laughs> gets in. Well, I think the I thing... So the you, thing was, though, the end, at the very end of that film, when we got to the yeah. Lowry, the actual end, we just before the end of the film, this is when the audience are settling down in the theatre, they're watching us all meeting each other on the canal. Then we get out of the boat, and then we get on a motorbike, and then we yeah. appear on the stage. The human pyramid. Oh, human yeah, pyramid yeah, yeah, on a motorbike. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. Which was the, yeah. which you guys. You guys mentioned a couple of other names there. Uh, we can go into as much detail or as little detail as you want, but you guys used to be a five-piece, didn't you? Oh, yeah. And yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> One shot of half a dozen. We, we, we've, um, yeah, we've dished the chaff. <laughs> 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 we kept the wheat out here. No, we, yeah. we've, um, 
yeah, we've developed as the years have gone on up there. The, the actual story is, well, the first, first from the five, we got down to four because, well, basically the fifth member was married to my wife and decided to run off with someone. So. No, it was married to your sister. Yeah, sorry, my wife. Married to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we're, very close, we're very close in Lancashire. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, my brother-in-law. He was my brother-in-law. And... Um, Actually, he was never ever fired. He just never turned up to rehearsals, did he? he just didn't, he just stopped coming, basically. Yeah, he was yeah, never yeah, officially. Yeah. No, there was no there was no meeting or anything. It was just, um, but there was clearly going to be some strange atmosphere as a consequence of uh, you know a vapor trail of broken marriages, etc. But um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but uh, yeah, it, it kind of just faded out. It was all it was all sort of amicable, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Let's get on to what the listeners would like yeah. to hear, though. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry, about Slaughterhouse and our material, what I, we did. Can I just say, you know, we talked about those videos that we did before the show started and, the, and we, when the audience were kind of like settling into the into their seats yep. and just watching it on the screen. We did one. Seamless. We, we started our show in, uh, in Manchester um, in, in a pub called The Thirsty Scholar on Oxford Road opposite the, uh, the old BBC building. And in the... And one night, the the first video was thirty minutes long. Was of Steve and his wife Janet snogging for thirty minutes, just like oh, it was heavy petting. <laughs> we wanted to make it as really uncomfortable. I forgot about that. That's the last, the time, she, that's that was it, the last yeah. time she kissed me. <laughs> it was. Which you got. You got a lifetime of snogging. Gary, in. Gary, I love the fact you used the phrase heavy petting. <laughs> like I've not, I've not heard, I've not, I've not heard that phrase since the posters that used to be in the swimming pool. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no heavy petting. I never yeah. used to understand them. I used to think, well, why would you bring a big dog into the? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't bring a heavy, no heavy petting. <laughs> so tell me, tell me, one of the, one of the big things about this show that me and Kev do, um, it's this idea of we we have people on who who have just taken that leap of faith to put themselves out there in, in, in front of the world, whether it's comedy, whether it's magic, whether it's dance, whether it's gymnastics, whether it's <laughs> anything, it, do, it doesn't matter. Why do you guys do it? What I know me and Kev have spoken really like at length on this show over the last uh, couple of months, and actually some of the chat gets really deep about why we put ourselves on stage and what it is, because, you know, we me personally... I have all sorts of stuff around anxiety and stuff that I've always fought away with. But being on stage, for some reason, that moment, I'm just at my happiest. What is it about you guys? Why do you do what you do? And why do you keep doing it? Because there's times where it's shit. And there's times where it's exhausting. And there's the traveling. And there's not an awful lot of money. Why do you three do what you do? That's a really good question. Oh, it's a good one. It is a good one, that, isn't it? Go for it. I, I was going to say, I just think, personally, I'm, I think there's definitely an escapism, in, a, in a, certainly in, in the characters. For a long time, even though I do the not, I appear as myself now, like, you know, the Britain's Got Talent, I'm Steve Ryan myself, but I would never even, I, I couldn't do that for many, many years. I, I hid behind... Uh, well, was at Camelot theme park with Martin here. Uh, uh, we were doing Mad Edgar and Jess, and we always, yeah. it was almost like, no, I'm embarrassed of myself. I, I always wanted to perform, but I'm not really, I'm not a person at a party. Um, I know Gary's, Gary's a lot more sociable than both me and Martin. Usually at any, any events in Edinburgh, Gary and, and Will used to just go off and socialise, and I used to be stuck yeah. inside the corner because I'm, um, yeah, very antisocial kind of guy. I, I don't like to meet. And I, I suppose doing performing is the way of getting the other side of me. Or being maybe being someone that I, I, I'm I'm not really that I'm not that's not really me who I want to be. I want to be the person I, I want to be that person I'm, I am on stage. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not actually him. <laughs> no, you know, long faces from Chad. Yeah, oh, perfect. Uncle Dildo. <laughs> There's a thing as well, uh, like you're saying, appreciation for other acts, eh? like Vic and Bob, uh, when they are, and, and you like it so much, you laugh at it so much, and you get it, 
and you think to yourself, I've got some of that and I, I want to do that as well. It's yeah. it's like a domino effect of you think I can add to that. I've got something new I can bring to the table that's right right up the street of everything that's there. And it, you get hooked by it. And it is a trial and error process. And, you know, the, the whole getting on stage can be <clears> trial and error. And especially what we've done there with the Slaughterhouse. But the payoff is great. The, it's, yeah. the audience, the audience payback is is immediate. It's brilliant. You know, reaction. Is there a backdoor to this place, which is the old gag as well? I yeah. think it is. <laughs> yeah, there is a sense of that. You kind of uh, it, it, the idea of acting, kind of making not making a living. I making a living would be lovely out of it, wouldn't it? Steve is doing mm. does it his comedy, <laughs> but, but uh, I think the idea of actually being on stage and doing something that is clearly pointless. It's an entirely yeah. <laughs> pointless uh, and nonsensical... It's relief to everybody. Yeah, I, 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 I think, think there's something I, totally joyous about it. It's like, because the world is absurd. You know, yeah. it's... Every, it, well, it's the, 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 the thirsty scholar where we started out, Gary, the thirsty scholar where we started out, which was a little attic room in a pub in Manchester uh, for everybody who's in America, obviously, like a little pub, a little English pub in the city centre of Manchester. And we were in an attic room that only <laughs> sat a few people. And it would, you would hear and feel the trains going by, but it was like oh. a little den. It was yeah. it was brilliant birthplace of the slaughterhouse. Yeah. I, and I have to say, I, I loved it there. Yeah, it was gorgeous. I have to say, Gary, I think the government have adopted your attitude that it's totally pointless. <laughs> I, 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 it, due to their reaction to the to the entertainment industry over the last six months, I think they're in total agreement that what we do is utterly pointless. Well, we were birthed. We were birthed think, yeah, at the last bad, pandemic. Yeah. We were birthed at the last pandemic of foot and mouth, and maybe now there should be a COVID birth of it. You know, oh, maybe yeah. something back. So that's that's maybe a question. I, that's a question I want to ask you guys. Is there? Do you think there'll there'll ever be another slaughterhouse live show? Yes, I will. Yeah, yeah we got to do yeah. right some new material. I think. I think the the thing is when we uh, were doing our uh, we, 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 last show we did was twenty eighteen Lowry. No, actually, last year we did a wedding last year, didn't we? In twenty nineteen, so it's only a year since we last did a, yeah. a show. But we did the Lowry, a full big show, only a year and a half ago. And, uh, just and depends how far I go in the Britain's Got Talent gap, to be honest. I'm, in quite, <laughs> yeah. I'm being asked all the time now, what, what if you win it? What will you do with the money? I'll retire. <laughs> ah, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would I live to a slaughterhouse tour? I think we, we all, I think we are. There's something, like you say, it's unfinished. We, it's well, unfinished. we all do our individual things, but the, the it's something lovely about being with your friends on stage and all enjoying yeah. it together. Because being, yeah. I mean, I do stand-up comedy all up and down the country, and it's a lonely, lonely business. And yet, when we do Slaughterhouse Live, it, dying, you know, we've had a terrible death, we've had our great glory, glorious gigs. Yeah. Either way, you do it as a thing. Yeah, See, that's a great. I, I, that's a great. That's a great point, Steve. I, I mean, I remember my <laughs> very, very first attempt at stand-up comedy when I was about eighteen, nineteen, and I was one half of a double act with my mate Rory. And our first ever gig in London, we absolutely bombed. Like we we got basically booed off. People were shouting things like, "Would you just tell us a fucking joke?" And it was so difficult. And for the love of got, God. Oh, yeah, but we, we, we got in the taxi after the show to go back to the, the hotel and we were just sitting in absolute silence and it was painful. And Rory piped up and said, can you imagine you were on your own right now? And I just yeah. thought, that's so true. You know, like I had that in that show. And then with the Colour Ham, there was three of us, obviously. And and and, and unlike you, we just had glorious shows. We didn't ever bomb. However... Yeah. Um, <laughs> However, we um we, we obviously had some some tougher gigs. Of course, we did. We we had some you know disappointing moments and so on. But to have your your pals with you, to have that camaraderie, I think I think one of the I think part of the difference for us, I think you know our our, our relationships. I don't know if you guys' relationships ever got strained a little bit under the pressure of everything. Our, ours definitely did. Um, and that's you have you know the bigger you get, the busier you get, both as a group and individually. You know, the more people yeah, expect from your man. show, it got to a point where we were struggling to find the time to write and rehearse. And that's no yeah, one's yeah, fault. Yeah. It just, but it take, it puts a strain on the relationship as well. Have you guys yeah. ever had that? We were lucky because we never got big enough for that, for the, the strain to actually manifest. I think, I think there's, there's, Gary was slightly behind us in the parenting 
weren't you? In, in terms of oh, poetry. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when oh, we were yeah, doing yeah, Edinburgh, yeah. when he, we was when we were doing Edinburgh, we were bringing up, you know, we bring up subjects of like, oh, well, I, I can't really do. He'd be saying, let's do this, let's do that, like, very full on. And we'd be saying, well, well um, I, I when we first did Edinburgh, my daughter was like. What, six months old and she came yeah. to Edinburgh and, and I'm going well Gary I can't come to that do that gig because Janet's up with the baby and and it, it was it along to for many years we used to do a lot there were a lot of gigs where Gary used to be yeah. so enthusiastic understandably and want to rehearse here there and everywhere and we, we our family lives were in the way and then yeah. I think Gary suddenly started to get a bit of realization when you finally started your family oh. And My Scarlett God, came absolutely. along, and, if that, if and you sort of got a bit of a realization about what we were going through in all those Edinburgh years. Yeah, and looking <laughs> back now, when because we did um, we did f uh, four or five full Edinburgh runs, and then a couple of uh, mm. shorter runs, and and you all had kids at that, but I didn't have kids when we did the full runs, and, I'd, and yeah, I'd, I'm so so amazed that you. Because I know I was like, I was like, I'm thinking, well, where's everybody else? Well, yeah, you it had its benefits. It has its benefits because you were driving it. You were driving it, and maybe it had got fallen oh, by yeah. the wayside. If you had oh, without, your, own, without, your without enthusiasm it, and drive for it was fantastic. And I think well, one thing to answer the question you said before about uh, in numbers and the safety of numbers is uh, to have the numbers that we have is bouncing material off each other and creating characters, and also that that. Um, it, it can create a kind of jealousy because you become jealous of each other's characters going, oh, that's genius. <laughs> and we've often thought that over Gary. But if we've also... The, if you watch the um, the, the rerun now of um, the fast show and they're talking about how they develop characters and the way that they, they constructed it and the numbers... And it was I so many familiarities with loads of people out there that do um, a variety of performers within the same, the same act. You know, like we had the winner of the comedy troupe it's so many benefits to bounce that material and create the characters. But I can never, I can't recall any occasion where we've had an argument. No, big argument. no. And I think that's down to the fact that we are all totally different. We are all very, very different. I, I disagree with and that. Yet... I... <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment when we found out that well, Wilkie was cheating on his sister. Right? We all went, what we're going to do? What we're going to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I, think, they, I think there is generally, yeah, we talk about creative differences. And, I, 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 you know, if you look at, like, the Pythons and all that, there was always kind of like a bit of animosity between certain characters and there was little silos and different, you know, allegiances and but, uh, alliances. It's healthy, and, though. It's healthy. But, but we didn't really have any of that. We had, we didn't have any creative uh, differences. There was no there was no kind of, like, um, there was no grit in the oyster. Which is probably a bad thing. I think looking back, if, if, if we perhaps adopted um, ado adopted a director for some of our shows, we because we because we had so much respect for each other and what we were creating. Yeah. Even if someone created something that we we necessarily didn't f think was that funny, we trusted them so implicitly that yeah. we maybe let them go. And maybe a, a, another eye looking in and saying, "Look, lads, you're too nice to say it, but I'll tell you, that's not funny or this is not funny." And if, I'm very, I, I I doubt I would. <laughs> I don't think any particular character. Yeah. <laughs> we got booked to do. We got booked to do a bar. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, with, we did. With, <laughs> with the material that we had, and then with his pig's head. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Because when you're thinking it, <laughs> I think you, you, you guys, uh, you guys have have uh, made so many people laugh. You've, you've. You've entertained so many people. Do you do, do you realise that? Do you do you know how much happiness and joy and hilarity you've actually brought into people's lives? Yes, individually doing your own thing, but as a collective as well. I mean, no. I mean, we've we always have... we, we, we've always underestimated our our talents. I think that's a, if we have any downfall is that we we got offers in the in those days in Edinburgh, we were getting offers BBC things, and we yeah. never really. Followed it up because we did. I don't think we truly believed they were being serious. People were backing us, and we had some big BBC executives at the time yeah, who were going. The they were, and I don't. Looking back, I think we were. 
we didn't have enough faith in our own. We didn't have enough self belief, without a doubt. We had let if we'd had a little bit more self belief in those early days. Yeah, I don't know. We could. I mean, have been, it was always you know, humbled by your comments and your support, Gavin. And it was like it was overwhelming. And everybody <clears> likes it seems to become personal friends. So you wonder whether your audience is minimal. But then you, you, them nights when we used to look out the window and caves, and you got flight of the Concords on just oh, before know. us, and we drew mm. a same crowd as a flight of the Concords. Yeah. Yep. And we yeah, were yeah, like yeah. living in hand in hand, saying. <laughs> Oh, it's said, off now. You know, unbelievable. How many times have we said that when we finished a show, and this is right up to the most recent shows we've done, where the audience at some points the laughter is so loud, and we do. We've made, we've said it so many times, thinking how how have we not made it out bigger? How have we not made it? Well, Tim, you know? Tim mentioned Tim mentioned being asked to move over because we said we were on we had the slot that he ended up having. At the nightclub room, and they said, and it was Cameron Coroner who said, uh, "Do you fancy swapping with this guy? We just brought him over mm. from Australia. Like, you know, we, 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 <laughs> yeah. any chance you guys can move over? His name's Tim. He plays the piano, very funny, and everything like that. And we'll give yeah. you a different slot. So we went, yeah, go on then, let him in and look at him. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we could have made millions, but I, I might have not been having to search for school socks it's, oh, it's, twelve it's, hours before. That's a nice cue into money's too tight. Tim Minchin. <laughs> well, <laughs> you you guys. But the thing is, the experience that you guys are describing there about you know those. I mean that that year with Flight of the Concords, you guys, the two shows sitting side by side. I mean, we all saw something really special happening yeah. that year for for Brett and Jermaine. I mean, they just went to yeah. home. Yeah. Amazing, how, how, however, however, albeit we saw that that happening. There was also a lot was there saw what felt in in the moment the same thing happening to you guys, yeah. Um, and it, what's really interesting is if we fast forward a few years to the Color Ham <laughs> being in the same venue, uh, in the same time slots, um, we we had a similar thing going on where we the the queues were all the way up the hill or all the way down around the corner. We were selling out every night. We were getting the five star reviews, and there are those moments where we are going, why 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 are we not? getting this and yeah. why are we not yeah. getting that um and you know it's but it's in the moment you do get yourself frustrated but my, to go back to my question of do do you realize how much happiness and joy and hilarity you've brought to people this is this is something that i think i've come to terms with personally and gary you you've read the latest book i talk about this very very frankly and openly mm. um kev who by the way is just tuned in he's leaving comments saying as he missed anything uh kev, kev, <laughs> kev, kev if you Kev, Kev refuses to read the book at the moment because he's worried that there's stuff in there that'll upset him and and, and all sorts. <laughs> Gary's making visual gags again for the listeners. <laughs> uh, and um, but but the the so what I was going to say there was that I've made a piece in my own mind with it that I I can now look back on that and go, do you know what? We might we might not have become the the Hollywood superstars. We might not have made the millions, but we fucking did it. We did it. There's so many people out there who would, who only can dream about doing the fringe, who can only dream yeah. about going on stage, and they don't actually, for whatever reason, not always their fault. They don't, they don't go for it. But people like you guys, you did it. You did it. You're still doing it, but you did it, and you brought so much joy. And um, oh, that, you. but that year in 2003, I was coming off the back of <laughs> a really shit time because my first attempt at comedy, it all imploded and gone terribly wrong but i was the i was the guy i was going to say the kid i mean compared to you guys i am just a child but i was the <laughs> i was the kid that was sitting in that audience every day every day watching you guys slaughterhouse live going that's what i want to do and do you know what guys a few years later i fucking did it and i did it because mm. of you and i want oh, to say publicly it. a massive thank you to you guys for helping me to see that it was possible to dream up these crazy ideas, these crazy characters, put on the most ridiculous costumes. <laughs> uh, and I can tell you right now, the most nervous I've ever been in a show was the night that you guys came to watch. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, that was a great show. It was an amazing oh, show. And it was, and so was, packed. Yeah. it was so packed. It was like, was that the last gig? One of your last gigs? Well, it no, it, it was. Oh, I can't even remember, but it, I was. Oh, it that's was the most nervous I ever was because you guys were in the show. So wow. a big thank you from us. But I do need to say we're out of time, guys. Oh no! Oh, no. So, um, we've we not said how much we love Gav though, because one of the no, things no, no, I no, remember. No. 
Oh, we've got to say it. We've got to say it because at the end of we'll that, love you, uh, we love you, Gav. <laughs> at the end of that first run, and you said one thing. To, you said one thing. We we're all drunk having a big party at the end of our first run, and you just sort of you grabbed my arm and you just and it, with that look of that Gav look of this is serious now. I'm not fucking about. This is what this is what it's about. And you went. It's been special. <laughs> no, I said, I said, you're special. Brew. Oh, I'm special. Yeah. Brew. I am. The word brew. It's special. Uh, special brew. <laughs> well, listen, see, it's see, only the beginning, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, listen, guys, a, a huge thank you for coming on the show. I, I'm sorry Kev wasn't able to join us. He's obviously, Steve, as you know, his schedule yeah. at the moment is mad. It's, you've it's you've been crazy. through it. It is also yeah. crazy, yeah. Yeah. But he he sends his love. Uh, we'll get. We would love to have you guys back on another time. Um, we when we when Kev and I are both on, we get we get our guests playing all sorts of crazy games. But you guys have done exactly what I thought and hoped you would do tonight, which was a wee bit like what Jason Byrne did. You come on and it's like somebody pushes play, and I just sit back uh, <laughs> and you guys and you guys do your thing. So. Listen, um, just before I say cheerio to you guys, I'm just going to say to our audience, we're back next week. It'll be Kev and myself. We're hoping to have a guest on next week. I'm not going to tell you who it is just yet because it's not 100% confirmed. And for everyone that's listening, uh, we've, we've been trying desperately to get Tiffany on the show as an 80s uh, pop songstress. Um, wow. she's, she's number one on the list. And we've even set up a crowdfunder campaign on Cameo <laughs> for her to make an announcement about coming on our show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the crowdfund are still running. Thank you to our listeners. We've now raised £25. Uh, we need another £75 We need another seventy-five pounds in order to get her on. So everybody that's listening, either live or on Spotify or Apple, make sure you get on. Help us get Tiffany on the show. So we will be back next week. Once again, though, a big thank you to Gary, Martin and Steve. And Steve, uh, Big luck, mate, uh, and and lots of love for BGT, um, yes. and um, but to and all to three Kev of you, too. yeah, dream scenario. Well, me and Kev, well, me and Kev, Kev in the final. Kev yeah. didn't bother turning up tonight, so I think we're supporting <laughs> Steve uh, at the moment. But um, guys, and all this is big love. Um, we'll see you soon, and uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna end the broadcast right now, but you guys stay where you are. Don't you go anywhere. But to our audience, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. And um, take bye -bye. care.